0: Have you ever caught yourself eating something and you thought to yourself, this would be way better with peanut butter? And yes, peanut butter always makes things better. But really though, what if you could make a product better or come up with a whole new product and see it in the wild at the grocery store, or even seeing some random stranger eating that food product that you came up with? Well. On today's episode, we get to hear from.
1: My name is Trey Sanders, and I'm the R&D
0: manager with Bulletproof to give us a view on nutrition from a food science perspective. Do you ever like brag, like, "Yep, yeah, I worked on that product <laughs>
1: that you're eating"? Absolutely, for sure. I I have to be mindful not to do. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess it depends, right? It depends on their reaction, I guess. Because
1: <laughs> yeah, if they're like, yes. oh, "I hate this," <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, right. They're not all going to be the best ones, but you know, as a product developer, you get to execute all kinds of different projects. And so, good or bad, there's always great things you learn and are able to appreciate about, especially if they actually make it out to the market.
0: I'm Jason Park, and this is Dietitians Unknown. So I'm curious, you know, what your background is, because you are a dietitian, but you're also in food science. So in school, did you study both?
1: As a matter of fact, I did. Um, so st- when I attended the University of Georgia, I guess going starting there, I came in as a consumer foods major, um, which was actually more of the food science side. And my goal was actually to go to culinary school. So that was my original plan. Um but in the course of meeting some people in uh, other extracurricular activities, I was actually a marching band while at Georgia. I uh, met people who were older than me, and they were dietetics majors, and realized there was a lot of overlap in some of the classes we were taking. Um, so between that and learning a little bit more about what dietetics was, because I had approximately you know zero idea at the time, um, it was really intriguing to me that, wait, I can also use food to really also help people in a way that's not just, you know, medicinally based um and food is you know always been something that's enamored me i mean i was a kid watching uh cooking shows after uh you know public television went off like saturday mornings which dates me a little bit (laughs) um so yeah it led to me uh finding you know adding the dietetics major on and keeping the food major i had so that now in essence i was working with both
0: (laughs) nice so you yeah you just wanted to combine both and kind of see where that took you
1: absolutely and that's really been the fundamental premise of what i've been trying to do is that i always felt that people saw food as both you know food science and nutrition and that they expected us as food professionals to have knowledge of both you know not not really understanding the nuances that really come with dietetics versus food science and so i i sought to figure out well how can I actually show that you know both do make a lot of sense working together and having an understanding of both can help you across the board?
0: Yeah, and I think you know you touched a little bit about why you kind of were interested in in the first place. Um, you know, you said you were into watching like the the what was it the cooking shows? Or, yeah, um, and I can resonate with that because it was there was a strange time in high school like where all I would watch was the Food Network.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, Which, I mean, I don't know, it was just really entertaining at the time. But anyways, I'm curious, like, why nutrition for you? Like, what what kind of sparked your interest in that?
1: Sure. Uh, For me, it was a combination of two things. Like, one, um, the realization that I could use my knowledge of food to help people, to help them feel better. Um, that was incredibly appealing. Like the, you know, just friends, family, being able to, you know, use that knowledge to help them have a higher quality of life than what they currently have was absolutely something that appealed to me. Um, but then even still the nuances of the, the science behind it, like really kind of getting into the quantitative, um, information, like the biochemistry of it was something that very much appealed to me with nutrition that I just hadn't really been exposed to before.
0: Right. Nice. And so, you know, you go to school, you study both dietetics and food science. And what was your first job coming out of, I guess, your internship and finishing school? Sure.
1: So for me, I went into the food industry and went to work for, uh, well, they were called Paramount Farms, but uh, Wonderful Pistachios is the company they're known as now. Let's see, their headquarters was in Los Angeles, California, and I moved from Georgia out to Central California to work uh, for their R&D team over there.
0: And I'm curious, like, did, is that something that, I guess, you know, after school, did you know you wanted to, like, work in food science primarily?
1: I had the inkling of, and for me, it was because during my internship, I really enjoyed nutrition, but I felt like there wasn't a great way for me to bring the food science into the dietetics realm, like in terms of, you know, more traditional, um, you know, hospital or clinical work or even something more than just, you know, food service, you know, oriented work. Um, So I thought, you know, maybe let's try the flip, you know, the flip side and bring the dietetics or the nutrition background into the food industry and really see if that can Help you know drive you know better ways to develop products or just better ways to make sure we're helping consumers out.
0: Yeah, and I think you know at some point in time you also worked uh, as a clinical dietitian though, right? In the I did. Right? I
1: I couldn't get away from it. And for me, part of my experience as an intern was really enjoying a lot of. You know, the clinical dietetics, but not necessarily loving the hospital atmosphere that I experienced while I was there. And I wasn't sure if that was just because of the locations where I was interning or the fact that I was an intern or just younger perspectives. So um, I was probably a good, I think I had my credential for about six years before I went back to working at a hospital um, per diem while still working as a food scientist.
0: So you were working both at wonderful pistachios and per diem at, at a hospital. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, yeah. And what was that like? I mean, did you feel torn? Like, cause on one hand, you know, you, obviously you're passionate about food science, but on the other hand, it seems like you still had some interest in clinical dietetics.
1: Yeah. Like I was torn, but really it was really humbling that I was able to do both. I mean, that was really the, the greatest thing was being able to have that experience of you know, delivering, you know, food science by day and, you know, being able to help, you know, provide clinical dietetics by night was pretty exciting to be able to do that. just never thought I'd be able to see myself doing that in two different, you know, settings. Um, But that is absolutely tiring to do.
0: Did you ever find (laughs) yourself dropping like food science knowledge, like for patients in the hospital?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I have to be mindful of that as well, because, you know, we would get uh, on tangents and I'd be like, oh, I need to continue on. (laughs)
0: Uh, that's awesome. Um, you know, so you're working at both places, but at some point you decided that obviously you, you just want to focus on the food science part, right? And so what was the, what was like the next move for you?
1: For me, it was really a matter of taking the food science realm. And there was so much there that even when I started in food science, I wasn't necessarily doing product development. Um, I was actually doing taste testing. So it was really just you know talking to consumers about the foods they were tasting, helping to turn that information into you know tangible things that could help product developers make better products. Really being able to incorporate nutrition at that point was from a regulatory standpoint, like nutrition facts panel work and regulatory claims. So between getting a lot of grounding in that and then doing a lot more in the kind of corporate uh, you know corporate wellness space and using my dietetics background for that, I realized really taking that and being able to work, you know, product development into it really meant there could be a lot of great opportunities to really show nutrition's integration in that food realm.
0: So you went from, so obviously you just dove into food science. And then how did you kind of end up where you are like now in your current position?
1: From wonderful, I really wanted to focus more on product development and gain that background because I felt like I had the dietetic senior you know, knowledge. I wanted to continue to grow there, but really being able to develop products is a whole lot of subtle nuances depending on, you know, whatever kind of food or drink or even now supplement that you're trying to make. Um, so that was really what led to the opportunity that I took moving up from, uh, California to Seattle and doing more product development focused jobs there. Um. Honestly, what led me to Bulletproof was really the opportunity to finally, you know, join a company that I wasn't having to try and force nutrition into the forefront. That, you know, really looking at science and having that drive information in terms of product development was already something they were doing. And it was just a matter of me, you know, adding my expertise from both sides to that
0: effort. For people who don't know, maybe... I guess, for research and development in the food science world, like how would you describe what you do?
1: So, uh, and I'll speak more as a product developer and less as a R&D manager. Um, <laughs> really, as a product developer, a lot of what you're going to be doing is spending time, uh, depending on uh, what point you're at in the project, making making food. Like you're going to be making whatever kind of food on a small scale. So it could be, you know, me at home in my kitchen because I wasn't able to be at a lab space, but making foods on a small scale and then really working with manufacturers to translate that food into something that's being made in the thousands of pounds quantity. Um, So really it's that process and making those samples, writing down what your recipe is and converting that to a formula and then working with other people to say, okay, let's not make this in a You know, one batch, make this on, you know, 10,000 pounds and uh, those, you know, machines and make sure we can have those work and taste the same way.
0: Right. And that makes sense because you, I mean, so basically how can we scale this recipe up so that, but then at the same time, like we want everything still to taste the same way. Right. Right. And so now that you mention it, like, because, you know, this whole quarantine, and you said you're doing stuff at home, like, I'm curious, how's that been? Like, so are do you have like product at your house? And then you're just kind of experimenting at home? Or like, what, what does that look like?
1: Yes, absolutely that. So it's definitely a weird thing working with flavor suppliers. And now instead of having them sending, you know, samples to work with or ingredients to the office, they're sending it to my home address. So I have, you know, my home office, which I'm very fortunate for. That is really, you know, my lab setup. So I'm looking at a, you know, six foot uh, cabinet full of ingredients that (laughs) I use, you know? And so, uh, yeah, a lot of my time is, you know, working. My kids are watching me do science projects and science experiments.
0: (laughs) Do you get, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you're, do do your kids ever want to participate in uh, what dad's doing? Absolutely,
1: and so I am mindful and make sure I have those opportunities where they can. Because I mean, as crazy as it is, it's also a very unique, you know, experience to be able to share, you know, what I'm doing with my kids. I mean, because I think what I do is really cool, and you know, if I'm able to share some of that with them, you know, it's it's a great experience to do. Can't do it with everything, of course, but
0: <laughs> right. I guess yeah. You you probably have some limitations just being at home versus being like <laughs> at the company, like at the lab.
1: Absolutely. You definitely have to be a bit more resourceful and scrappy, but it helps you understand what you really need to do and how you can really go about doing it.
0: I guess, you know, I was going to ask like kind of what a typical day-to-day is for you. Um, but it might be, I guess it, it would be a little different now that you're in quarantine, right?
1: <laughs> yes. I, I. For me right now, day-to-day is a lot of uh, Zoom meetings. It's a all zoom meetings (laughs) just
0: like right just like yeah we yeah no more uh close human interaction anymore it's like we're all in the digital world now right
1: right absolutely
0: what part of your job do you find most interesting or rewarding
1: for me uh the most interesting part of my job would probably be being able to see my products actually kind of on the shelves um, which doesn't happen all the time. That's, you know, just the nature of how it goes. But being able to do that and then see friends and family try those products and, you know, tell me that they're enjoying them or seeing them in stores. It's really humbling. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, you must have a sense of, I mean, sense of pride when you see the products that you worked on like out in the wild.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also the nature of product development that products are always changing, improving. And, you know, it's what we do why, by listening to consumers. So knowing that, you know, products that might be mine aren't going to be mine forever, you know, but for a certain frame of, you know, time, they will be. And it's, you know, nice to know that and see people enjoying that.
0: Do you ever, like, brag, like, yep, yeah, I worked on that product <laughs> that you're eating?
1: Absolutely, for sure. I I have to be mindful not to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I guess it depends, right? It depends on their reaction, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. they like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, right. They're not all going to be the best ones. But you know, as a product developer, you get to execute all kinds of different projects. And so good or bad, there's always great things you learn and are able to appreciate about them, especially if they actually make it out to the market.
0: What thing are you the most or is there a product or something that you're most proud of that you've worked on?
1: The one that sticks out for me would most recently have been um, when I was working with Continental Mills in Seattle, um, we had launched uh, Krusty's whole grain protein muffin mixes. And I was fortunate enough to be the developer for those. Um, there was a line of whole grain, high protein muffin mixes um, that, you know, it, the one thing I really loved about being in food science and having my dietetics background is that you get to meet people where they are and help them move in a better direction. Doesn't necessarily mean always providing what might be a traditional healthy meal item or ingredient, but giving them something that they can appreciate and helping them make it better, making it healthier. And so, being able to do that with you know muffins in this case, you know, it was really it was a great thing. It was something I enjoy and something that I knew could help people be you know one step healthier than where they were.
0: What's something that most people don't know about? like the field that you work in? You
1: know, I probably say just the, the fact that product development doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be making something new. And that's not something I realized really going in that a lot of times it could be improving something or just slightly changing something, whatever the need might be. Um, all of that effort really still counts as delivering product. And you take pride in your products just that same way, even if you didn't necessarily build it from the ground up, because it's pretty rare that you find those opportunities.
0: Right. And I would think it takes a lot of work to invent something like from scratch that is successful.
1: Absolutely. It really does. Because I mean, the other thing about product development and that's the funny thing is that of course, you know, I might be responsible for a, making a formula for that product but there's so many more people that have to make sure that they're doing their part to get this product to come to life right like there has to be an established consumer need for this i can come up with a product that i think tastes great but if there's not anyone who's actually interested in buying it or that we don't know who to get it to to buy it it's not going to help anyone you know like it, it takes a lot of other people their know-how to really help bring a great product into people's hands in a way that they deserve and that's also something I didn't quite, you know, I didn't really fully appreciate until I really, you know, started working in the space.
0: Right. I mean, you got to have someone that wants to buy, like, you essentially, you can't provide a a solution to to a problem that doesn't exist, right?
1: (laughs) Right. But you'd be surprised how many times you think of a great idea that, hey, I think everyone's going to love this, but how do you know, right?
0: (laughs) Right. So I guess a part of it, it also, too, is probably, like, doing, I mean, I guess this is, to me, it seems like hand in hand, like, also doing consumer research to make sure, like, if you are going to endeavor into some kind of new product development that, you know, you, there's actually a need or a desire for something like whatever you're trying to come up with.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you'd be surprised because a lot of times there are going to be assumptions made about whether that, you know, whether that voice is there from the consumer and how loud that voice actually is as well, you know, because that drives yeah. a lot of the things you're going to be able to do with a product. Like how expensive can you make this product? You know what, what kind of bells and whistles can you really have if you think you know a larger amount of people are really interested in something and that's actually there you know
0: is there a product that you have thought of that you i guess that you thought would have like been something that everybody would really like or want but ended up not really being that way
1: <laughs> i mean there is all all kinds of those ideas i mean especially being an r&d like a lot of times it's great looking at the data, but um, I was really grateful for my start and taste testing because it gave me a sense of talking to consumers. Um, and you realize very quickly that the numbers that they give and then the information that they give from comments do not necessarily jive. They tell completely different stories. And being able to understand and interpret both of those gives you a lot of different insights as you, know, you go into the product development. Uh, so I was very fortunate to realize a lot of that also was applicable with, you know, broader consumer research, so like having those focus groups, knowing that, you know, there's a lot of story that's coming through and it's not just going to be shown in the numbers.
0: You know, I'm really curious, and I, I think I know the answers to this question, but did you think you would end up being like in food science, I guess?
1: You know, I, I'd gone back and forth. I'd never, I didn't think I would stay in food science as long as I did.
0: I always thought at
1: some point I'd probably end up back in academics, like really taking all of this information and saying like, you know what, there doesn't need to be a single dietetics major or a food science major. There just needs to be a food major that really helps, you know, kind of get someone that full, you know, breadth of knowledge and help them really be that kind of a professional. Um, But the longer I've stayed in food science and even the longer I've you know, grown more of my nutrition knowledge, there's just so much more that I want to continue to have. Um, and gain experience in before I, I think, come back to just, you know, teaching.
0: (laughs) Do you think we need more dietitians, like, in food science?
1: Absolutely. I absolutely do. Um, For me, it's because of the fact that dietitians do have that perspective of, you know, what these ingredients are doing to the body. Um, But I think we would also change them by seeing the effects of, well, knowing how these foods also perform together, like having a better sense of what these foods might actually be doing to help this food taste a certain way or have a certain shelf life and then being able to better balance and help provide those solutions so that they can better help consumers in any way they have a question.
0: Right. And, you know, I was thinking about that because yeah, how the whole, you know, making things taste better. Like I was thinking about what you're talking about, how you taste bitter things very strongly like, can we come up with something that makes like vegetables taste less bitter for people? Yeah, I mean, then we
1: could get more people to eat more vegetables. Right. And I mean, and, and so that's part of it. It's like, there are absolutely those solutions there. But then we need dietitians also to understand that those solutions, you know, are somewhat natural, or they might be something that might sound scary to consumers, but still aren't.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know,
1: <laughs> that they need to have that better understanding there. And it's hard to have when. Not necessarily in that space, and that that's really commentary on both sides. I would say.
0: Do you think there are? Do you know of dietitians that are that work in food science that might not necessarily have your traditional like si- um, schooling for food science?
1: Sure, uh, and I will definitely say that I I have not met many people doing what I am attempting to do or have been attempting to do in my space. So I will say I've never I. Till so this point in my, I guess about 10 years, I haven't ran into another RD working, um, as a product developer. I've definitely run into RDs working, you know, for corporate wellness and food industry spaces or maybe regulatory, like nutrition labeling, but not necessarily like pure product development. Um, but there are definitely people I've met who are product developers who have had, you know, nutrition degrees that they've graduated with. Um, so they might have that background, but didn't necessarily go to pursue their internship um, and become fully credentialed. So I have you know, encountered some of that.
0: I guess I'm thinking of like, I don't know if <laughs> if I woke up today and I wanted to or the next day and I was like, hmm, I want to pursue food science. Um, I guess I would just be curious. I was that the reason I was asking is because I was wondering if you if you need that like food science degree to be in like food science i guess
1: no and that and that's an excellent question and luckily in the food industry most of the time you will see food science or um relative you know equivalent which a degree in nutrition absolutely would qualify for that um you definitely might want to get a little bit more grounding or in that refresher food science class that we all had to take (laughs) back then um (laughs) but no it absolutely would allow you that potential to you know break through into the food industry and you know start working on that side of the career
0: do you have any other advice for someone i guess that may be trying to jump into food science i guess
1: yeah um absolutely so a lot of different ways to get at it um honestly the easiest way to get into the food industry with the nutrition background would really be through the regulatory space so really that understanding of all the nutrition facts panel work like that was a lot of my initial work even before um i became an rd you know after graduation while i was studying for the exam that was actually a lot of how i was trying to manifest a lot of my nutrition background was doing that so really any of that regulatory atmosphere a lot of times they're looking for people with nutrition or dietetics backgrounds um just because they have a better understanding of the components in that nutrition facts panel, anyway (laughs) right exactly Uh, for sure so that is a very very easy outlet for um dieticians or even, you know, nutrition professionals to kind of cross over. Um, Product development is a little bit more difficult because you do want to have more of that food chemistry base. Um, But being able to work in a lab as a laboratory technician, you can absolutely, you know, have a nutrition background and come in at that standpoint. And that'll help give you a lot of that grounding to start building a lot of that um, more technical, you know, product development background you might not have, you know, really been exposed to from the nutrition side, obviously, and grow from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, labeling to me seems like a good start because then you're kind of uh, getting into the finer details, I guess, of maybe it's ingredients or just like nutritional claims or doing a nutritional analysis, right?
1: Absolutely. And because of that, that's really, to your point, that pathway, like as a dietitian or even being a nutrition professional, understanding, oh, okay, it's these ingredients that are driving these nutritionals you already having that strong grounding in the nutritionals gives you an outlet to start being able to relate that back to ingredients. So if you do want to, you know, take that more into the product development realm, that really gives you more of that basis.
0: Do you think there are certain like attributes that make a successful person in your field, like in food science?
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let me try not to rant about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would probably say that the first one is being able to multitask, um, which I would absolutely would find is, is very helpful as a dietitian, um, yeah. as well as a food, as a product developer. So very much so you're not only working on one project. Uh, that, I, I don't know if that's a misnomer or not, but usually it's at least, you know, seven, eight <laughs> yeah. or more, depending um, at once uh so obviously along those lines being organized being able to you know know what is going on in these different projects at a given time so that you're able to jump back and forth and still being able to not worry about you know dropping the ball
0: do you ever see yourself maybe going back to dietetics more in that traditional role or are you food science all the way
1: (laughs) i definitely don't rule it out um Especially now, because I'm gaining more experience in the supplement space, like just you know, formulating like you know gel caps and things of that nature. I am um, still very much interested in you know clinical dietetics and being able to see what that looks like. So I would definitely not rule out being able to come back and help you know understand what that means back on the clinical side. Um, I think I still want to have more experience that I bring with me over, but I keep saying that.
0: well i will say i don't know for me i didn't think clinical dietetics was that glamorous um you know but again i mean i feel like it's an area that is needed and something that um you know certainly people can contribute to in helping people you know get healthier and get better so
1: yeah absolutely and it's definitely not the only way that's something i was very grateful for and Still a reason why I still find myself, you know, running back to clinical dietetics or just that particular (laughs) realm anytime soon. There's a lot of different ways to help people live healthier lives.
0: Is there any other, I mean, is there anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask or that you wanted to, uh, yeah, just share?
1: You know, I would probably say, um, because yeah, I feel like my experience has definitely been one that you know, even from being in college, I felt like I was always kind of, you know, stuck in two different worlds, you know, when I would be the only, you know, dietetics major in my food science classes or, you know, being the only food science major in my dietetics classes, you know, really real uh, understanding that it's really two sides of the same coin. So even though there are a lot of nuances to food science, having the background in nutrition really, Gives you the ability to cross over and really start to understand what is happening on that other side. And it's definitely something I would empower, you know, any nutrition professional to look at if they are interested in food. And in my mind, that's what it comes down to because that's what consumers are caring about. They don't want to know about carbs, protein, and fat. At the end of the day, they're going to be in the grocery aisles and that's where they want our help. That's where they want our expertise. So the more I feel that dietetics professionals can speak about food and know food the more we can help people
0: thanks so much for your time trey and sharing your perspective on dietetics is there anything that you've been working on that you want to share with us
1: obviously so i work for bulletproof and we are in the midst of doing some really incredible things Uh, we actually have some um chocolate dipped protein bars that are exclusive with whole foods right now that are wonderful um I helped develop those. So glad to see those in market. And there are a lot of other great things coming. So just another company that's using, you know, nutrition and science at the forefront of what they're doing with foods. and would love to continue to plug and help, you know, grow that support.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening this on. If you're listening, on apple podcasts it would help us out if you left a rating or review and if you or anyone you know works in a unique or niche field of nutrition and would like to be on the show please reach out to me on social media or at our website www.dietitiansunknown.com thanks for listening